Today on the God Pod. I finished drinking the Snapple and the bottom of the bottle was completely cracked. And I was like, oh my God, I probably swallowed so many little pieces of broken glass. Oh, that was one of my better pranks. I think we should work on one of these radio teleplays. Oh, I'm in. Bill, can you help get us in on the ground floor with Audible? You just told me not to help help my competition at Audible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works. You know who is consistent? In-N-Out, my favorite burger place. You will always get the same experience at In-N-Out. And they'll put peppers on the burger. Jesus loves the old In-N-Out. Hello, human. This is the God Pod. I'm God, and I think I can fit in Armageddon after Jesus' dentist appointment tomorrow. Jesus, does that work for you? That's fine. I'll be coming out of my laughing gas from the dental fillings, but I should be able to make that work. Perfect, perfect. That's. I want you laughing during Judgment Day. <laughs> Jesus, why are you laughing? No, I'm just high from the dental appointment. I swear, <laughs> it's it's not because of Armageddon. You're such a jerk, Jesus. <laughs> How could you laugh at a time like this? <laughs> well, find the God Pod wherever you get your podcasts. The God Pod. Have it Yahweh. With us today is Bill Oakley. Hi, Bill. Hey. Hey. Hi. Hi, guys. Bill Oakley is an American writer and producer from Westminster, Maryland. Yeah, that's where I was born. Cool. And I lived uh, in that area until I was about 10, yeah. And he's known for working on The Simpsons, Futurama, Regular Show, and Mission Hill. He wrote several Simpsons episodes during the 1990s. He also wrote the infamous steamed hams scene from the episode 22 short films about Springfield, which became a popular internet meme in the late 2010s. Bill, I'm reading this straight from your IMDb. Okay, good. <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> is this up to date? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Bill is a three-time Emmy award-winning television writer and producer. Bill, we had your bestie, Josh Weinstein, on the show before. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. Okay, well, he is. He is my bestie. We have been best friends since uh, ninth grade. Wow. You didn't know that? That's why you're on the show. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. I guess I'm embarrassed to admit that, but no, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. It was a couple months ago. I was like, look, Josh was on the show. You were like, cool. And I was like, can I be on the show so I can collect the full pair, the set? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, sure, sure. Let's do it in the fall. Okay, good. And then the fall came around and a little, little alarm bell went off in God's head like, I get to talk to Bill now. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, good. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad we got it all worked out. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us. So you and Josh became friends in the eighth grade, ninth grade, and went on to become showrunners on The Simpsons together. Yeah. That's an amazing story for a couple of besties. It is. It is. And we had a lot of ups and downs in that uh, in that process. It was by no means guaranteed or a direct trajectory. You had to move back to the east coast oh yeah that's at one point right because it, it just wasn't working out in hollywood yes we were i was about to apply we had about a, a, a over a year more than a year two years of extreme unemployment before we finally got we suddenly wrote a new spec script that everybody loved and it opened all these doors for us the seinfeld one right about george eating glass that's right that's it that's exactly what it is <laughs> that's so funny I've always identified with George Costanza. Josh told me confidentially that he also identifies with George. How about you, Bill? I don't identify with George. I'm more, I feel like I'm more like a Jerry. 
<laughs> I get that vibe. I do, I do. Oh, hey, look, it's Mary Magdalene, everybody. Hey, Mary. Hello. Hi there. Welcome to the show, Bill. How's it going? He's Thank a you. big wheel down at the Hollywood factory. You know, <laughs> we need more of you. Yes, yes, we do. How's it going? Good, thank you, and I appreciate you calling me a big wheel of the Hollywood factory. That's I've never quite—I've never been addressed as that before, and I do like it. Uh, that's some kind of Simpsons thing to that, like didn't Millhouse like yeah, that, his, his dad was a cracker factory, right? Right? No, or big with that. There's so many sorts. It's a combination of those things. It's, it's a right, couple right, different right. lines. My you, brain is just a nonstop melange of references and things I don't even know that I'm doing. So yeah, you went back to. You worked in D.C. You were doing promos for America's Most Wanted. Yes. America's Most Wanted. Yeah. Well, the, basically, to summarize, then we moved to New York. We got a job on the cable TV show. Then we got hired to work on the show that was going to be amazing in L.A. And it got canceled after three episodes. Then we were unemployed for a very long time. And our employment was running out. And we were and I was like going to be like, OK, I'm going to my, my plan was to move back to Washington and apply for a job at the State Department. And, uh, and I, I applied, you have to take the foreign service exam. Right. So I, 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 I mailed away for the foreign service exam and it came back and it was so hard. I couldn't believe how hard it was. And it, like, there's, you had to know a lot of details about overseas conflicts and Azerbaijan and whatever. And I was like, oh my God, what the hell? I, I know, I know. And I was like, <laughs> oh God, okay. You know what? Let's write another script. <laughs> that, that was the turning point where, where we decided, Josh and I decided we were going to write another script. And that was the one that opened all the doors. Yeah, wow. do, you you did what you were best at, uh, what I made you good at, and so good job. Because Thank you. yeah, the State <laughs> Department it was not going to work out. That was there's another reality where that happened. And can we say international incident? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Then you wrote this this spec script for George eating eating glass, or he thought he ate glass. He thought he had eaten glass. Yes, he, th he right. This because that really happened to me. The, it, it, it um. Mm. If you remember, you guys, well, that really happened to you. Well, you, I'm sure, God, you remember back right, in the in right. the 80s when um, glass Snapple. Remember Snapple? Snapple oh. used to come in glass bottles. It used to come in glass bottles, and they had this like a little foam thing around them. You know, a, a, like the label was like a foam wrapped around the glass, thin piece of foam. And they give you a little factoid in the in the cap. That was yeah. the best, yeah. right? So Snapple. So I drank a Snapple. I finished drinking the Snapple, and the bottom of the bottle was completely cracked and i was like oh my god i probably swallowed so many little pieces of broken glass oh that was one of my better pranks and and i was i was too i was really scared so i i was too scared to call the hospital but my girlfriend called the hospital and asked well what would happen if you swallowed broken glass and the and didn't know it and they said well the only way to know would be to look at your stool <laughs> And because it would be black, because it would be filled with blood. And so, well, it's just like, well, okay, well, how long do you have to wait? Well, well, you got to wait until the stool arrives. So it could be, you know, a whole day. You're going to sit there worrying about whether you swallow broken glass and they're going to have to cut your stomach open um, or your intestines. Uh, so um, that's what happened. That's basically the story. We did that exact story. So then you went, you went potty and you saw, hey, it's fine. Yes. And then what you just relief. realized, I just have anxiety. Right. Dear listener, if if you're looking for actionable things to take away from this podcast, if you're worried that maybe you ate a whole bunch of broken glass, just keep an eye on your stool. You know what? Keeping an eye on what your stool looks like, just a good idea in general. Keep an eye on your poop. This incident you used for your spec script, I think it made an appearance in Space 1969 also. It did. It's Spoiler alert, evergreen. everybody. It's an evergreen <laughs> topic, this thing. It, it, it's unique. And you can milk it for, uh, for decades. 
uh, when something like that happens to you. So yeah, it did. It, it did have, it had it played a brief role in the early episodes of Space 1969, which is my latest uh, project. Yes, I recently listened to it. I loved it. Let's just go into Space 1969. I list, What do you call this? You know, it's really more, it's, there isn't a exact word for this at the moment. It's an audio, they called it an audio, up to the very day it was released, they were deciding at Audible whether to call it an audio book or a podcast. And right. so they it's decided- like a teleplay. They decided to call it, a, a, it's a radio play. It's radio been, play, it, right. You know, that's really what it is, but it doesn't make any sense because it's not being broadcast on the radio. So you can't say that. Now I think they call it like a full cast audio book or something like that. They've, anyway- it's basically like a radio show. It's 10 episodes of a radio show, about 35 minutes per episode, um, all in one series. In my mind, it was always, it was always a series. It was basically a, it was a radio series and that was season one, what you, what you listen to. Um, and in fact, I am working like I audio audible is very interested in doing a sequel and I have just <gasps> submitted oh! the entire outline for season two to them and hopefully Whoa! things might happen. It was shockingly successful. It was, the, it was certainly the most successful thing I've done in a long time in that like wow. it really like it continues to be successful like long after it was released which i guess is not normal for audiobooks that they all kind of like for spike anything. in the first week and this has like a has legs um, so i guess it's getting good word of mouth because people are listening and then telling their friends it just snowballs because it's got yeah. it's got natasha leone as the star yes she is amazing is... i wrote it for her and it was a miracle that we were able to get her Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Star of uh, Orange is the New Black. How does that happen? Exactly. You pitch this idea to Audible and then they say yes. And then. Yeah. And then it took like a year to, to write because it was it was a, as a script. It was 552 pages of scripts that right. I had to write and uh, all by myself. And uh, but then because I had her in my head when I was writing it, that character was always based on her and her voice. Yeah. And then we were lucky <laughs> enough to get it, get her because honestly she didn't have to work that like it only took two days she had like ten thousand lines recorded them all we recorded them all in two days wow yeah she's just like kind of being herself very much so right she's kind of like the character that she is on russian doll yes she's just like smoking cigarettes and just like what the hell's going on here man she was great the whole cast was great i loved it thank you i loved it i i, did, I never imagined there would be a season two but that's amazing i think it would be cool if this became like an animated thing, do you think there's any chance for that? I had, let's just say I've had two meetings about that so far. You know how things go in Hollywood. <laughs> they, they, a lot of things don't happen, but I have, let's just say I have had two meetings about it and there is a little bit of, there's some interest. Like the whole thing about this thing is it's very niche and it's like, it's not only a sci-fi, but it's also a historical retro sci-fi thing. So it it has appeals to it. Small- yeah, I just realized we haven't summarized like what it is about. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. listener, it takes place in, is it 1969 or yeah. is it more like 1980? No, it's 1969. First and foremost, it's a comedy with science fiction elements, but it's more of an alternate history. The joke is, what if Kennedy did not die when he was shot in 1963, but instead went into a coma where he had kind of an epiphany? about like ending the Vietnam war and devoting all of America's resources to colonizing space as quickly as possible. So when the show starts, it's the day of his inauguration for his third term. Yeah. He only lost an eye. That's right. He has has an eye patch. He wears an eye patch. He's wearing an eye patch. Extra handsome. And to me, Bill, anytime someone's wearing an eye patch, I'm like, you're a villain. Just admit it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the whole, (laughs) the underlying premise of the whole thing without giving too much away was my revelation that my revelation, my, my thought that like, you know, people who lived 
in the Empire in Star Wars probably thought it was great. We we're like, we're the Empire and the day-to-day -day <laughs> life was probably pretty sweet. And you were like, Darth Vader's the man, man. He's keeping everybody in order. The economy was incredible. Right. And so people, what if Kennedy, you know, what if we had a more charismatic person like Kennedy doing that? And like, people would love it, you know, especially like that's why he did 92% approval rating. This, so this is an alternate reality where Kennedy didn't get assassinated and he goes on to be president for, and then, and the America is much more focused on the space race. They, America has a, a space station floating around the moon on which there is a Hilton hotel. Yes. <laughs> much of the, much of the show takes place on the, on, on the space station. And uh, there's also a moon colony. Yes, and the then, moon and then perhaps my favorite part of the entire experience is that the whole thing is narrated by one Richard Nixon. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is. And that guy, Jim Meskimen, who plays Richard Nixon, is one of the best actors. He's so good. He gives so much nuance to the role of Richard Killed Nixon. It. Most people, one of the most common comments that people post is that they didn't know they would have so much sympathy for Richard Nixon. Nixon is like the hero. <laughs> to some it's, it's also, it feels so real because it just feels like this could be real because your experiences shape who you are. And there's just something so endearing about a truly humbled Nixon. <laughs> that's very, that's well said. It's true. He is truly humbled and you do feel bad for him because he was so screwed over. Um, and, and he continues to be, have a lot of misfortunes, uh, during the, the episodes that you listen to. I don't want to give too much away. He is the major character and he, oh, these are broad strokes. He comes in. He, he has a lot to do in the story. Let's just say, um, so yeah, so that's the basic premise and it is, it's pretty fun. It's like, I think it's funny. Like the best thing about this, to be honest, is that I was able to, thanks to Audible, I was able to completely write the thing I wanted. This was not like working for a network TV place where they're constantly giving you notes and saying, well, you it's can't like doing a podcast. Yes. I did exactly what I wanted the entire way. I didn't, there was nothing to obscure. There, there were references to things that most people would not know. I love, oh my God, this is like a. A compendium. This is a symphony of all of Bill Oakley's best uh, references. Thank you. I think so too. I think so too. I wrote down some of them uh, at one point. Natasha says, "This is why God invented cigarettes." <laughs> I just noticed when I'm when God is mentioned, <laughs> Arby's potentially going to be in space. I, where, where, that touches on your yes. Uh, I want to call it obsession. Your love for American fast food. We'll get to that. That will be part two of the interview, or, or perhaps part three. Yes, there are, there's tons of references to stuff and a lot of obscure stuff. At this point, I would smoke a ham. Yes. <laughs> uh, so th it's just, this is kind of like your Inglorious Bastards is another note I put down. I don't know. It's an alternate history. That's also well said. Thank you. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a deep dive into stuff that I'm interested in. And like, people are like, I'm not as old as this stuff. Like this stuff all happened when I was two years old. So it's not like. Yeah, I was like trying to do the math. <laughs> It wasn't like, like I lived through this. this I just am fascinated by that era. I'm like that, this puts him at about 75. <laughs> right, right. He looks good. <laughs> and he's eating all this fast food. But anyway, it's it's so good, everybody. I just listened to it on my laptop because, you know, you sign in with Amazon and boom, you can, you can listen to Audible. And, or if you have Audible. And it's just, it was like five hours long. And it's just, it's such a gift. It's something new, really, this, this art form of like uh teleplays that's or it's coming it's not new it's just something old that's coming back i listened to another one sort of a fictional biography autobiography by brent spiner 
about like working on Star Trek. That was really mm, funny too. Mm. You should check it out. I shouldn't be compro- promoting your competitors though. Because <laughs> if I we will get say, people in. <laughs> if you do listen to this, Space Nancy Center Audible, and you like it, please leave a comment because that's the coin of the realm there. It is the number of comments that you get and the number of four or five star reviews that you get online. So anybody who does listen to this and likes it or even likes it a little, please leave a good comment uh, 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 and and four or five stars. And then the more I get, the more likely they are to do the sequel. Good tip. Review them, God. I have them on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in the Audible app too. (laughs) I need to say this more. How important likes and comments and follows and all that stuff is to supporting the art that you love these days. Like it's really black mirror did an episode about this, but it really is that like people's entire careers and hopes and fortunes hinge on whether or not you tap with your finger. Yep. So do it, it, damn it. I know. I, come what on. the hell, humans? I'm with you on that. And it also applies to Instagram, too, where I do a lot of my other work. For sure. And you got to remember that like, that's how the things get the things get liked. Then the algorithm promotes them. If you just look at it and appreciate it and don't react in any way, it doesn't count for anything. We're all like Tinkerbell out here, okay? And we're living on your claps and your likes at this point because or or the leniency of hollywood's animation department at hbo max that sense <laughs> dissolved sense completely dissolved erased the network oh yeah everyone's fired all the shows are gone so long i would be remiss if i didn't talk to you about this exactly you've had a you worked on close enough right yes yes so i i know we've had other people on the show who worked on that like marlena rodriguez mm-hmm. was a writer there what is your opinion about any of that What's going on in the animation industry? It's collapsing. I mean, here's, there's a number of different problems with that. Okay. There's a number of different behind the scenes problems involved with the television industry, most of which were caused by vast overexpansion. You know, that people like we don't need 952 scripted shows every year. There's no way people can watch yeah, those. It's insane. And <laughs> it's insane. You can log in. You're like, I can never watch all this shit. And that's only descriptive. Just think about how many shows that are unscripted shows, reality shows, competition shows, food shows, you know, cooking shows. Like, think about how many TV shows are released every year. I don't know. Now it's got to be upwards of 10,000. And that's only counting ones that are on TV, not counting ones that are on YouTube or anything, right? Or on Vimeo. So this, so there's just, was way too much content. And these places have spent inadvisedly they spend a lot of money on these shows because they think that like if we spend $5 million an episode, people will watch. Well, that didn't work for 95% of the comp- shows on, on these things. So now we're in a contraction period. Uh, animation is the, is at the forefront of that because they're canceling animated shows right and left. They're all getting ri- animated. It's the shows. most expensive. It is it's the most expensive. More expensive thing. Exactly. Right. And it's also more niche too. It's a lot easier to do a cheapo reality show, you know, which costs $50,000 to make as opposed to an animated half hour, which costs $600,000 to make. All of these things are a gamble. Yeah. It's just throwing spaghetti at the wall. But if you're going to take a gamble, a calculated risk is, you know, why not another 90 day fiance? Yeah. Animation costs a lot more time too, right? Yes. They're in production for a lot longer. So it is animation is collapsing. 
across all these things, especially on streaming services. Just as we're starting to make cartoons, Jesus, can you believe this? I know, God. We should have gotten in three decades ago. Well, our cartoons go out for free on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. Well, then you don't have to Twitter. worry about it. As long as you're not at the mercy of Netflix. Well, we do HBO worry about Max. not getting the likes and the comments. Yes. Well, everybody should. <laughs> I think you made it clear that everybody needs to like and comment on these things or else they're going to go away. I'm just building off of what you said, Bill. <laughs> they, uh, anyway, <laughs> all these places are are canceling their animated shows, firing the people, the animation executives, and basically cleaning house of this genre to a large extent. Um, and so it that's where we are. It's also going to start happening with other regular scripted TV shows too, because they're it's the same boat. I mean, it, they're all in the same boat. There's too much content. There was too much money spent. These places, some, I mean, it's a very rational decision for somebody to say, we don't need to make 900 shows a year. People aren't watching them. <laughs> and that's, you know, so I can understand yeah. why they're doing it. I mean, it. it was just this excitement to to win the streaming wars or figure out right. what people like. And yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard to come across a hit or to make a hit. The other thing, and this, I'm sure you, some of your other guests, God, have may have touched on this, is that it's also caused this crisis within the writing community and the Writers Guild, which may have to be going on strike soon, because what's happened is the streamers, as with everything that goes through Silicon Valley, have figured out a way to minimize the amount of money paid out to people and made everyone kind of a gig economy worker. Because let's just say that, like, let's, in, for instance, in the 1990s, TV shows either had 13 episodes or 22 episodes. So you'd have, you'd right. been working for the entire year for the most part. Right. Now TV shows are six episodes and what they do is they get the writers. Unless it's like, unless it's been identified as a huge hit, like Abbott elementary. And exactly. Then now they've, exactly. They're, at least, at least they're giving them, you know, the number of episodes they deserve. I know they're very lucky, but mo most TV shows, especially ones on streamers have, um, have six episodes and they get the writers in for the tiniest amount of possible. Like writers come in for eight weeks, they write all the scripts and then they're fired. That's it. And then they got to go look for their next job. So that's the way that that's the way that most TV jobs are these days. And it's not sustainable. People can't make it a living doing that. You know, it, it is a gig economy type thing for a, for a large percentage of TV writers these days, which is why the, it's, 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 business is in trouble. Where's it all going? Where's it all going to end up? Silicon Valley. How much is enough? The God Pod will be right back after these messages. TV isn't guaranteed in the future. It could go away. TV as we know it, because a lot of the kids, they, they're not watching television as we know it today. They're not watching House of the Dragon and all these other shows. They're just watching YouTube. They're not watching Hot D? They're not watching Hot D. Not even Hot D is safe. They're watching YouTube. I agree with half. I think the other half is that we see and the numbers show that like shows that are diverse um, tend to do better in this climate uh, or that show diverse stories, diverse cast tend to do better. I do agree that there's um, there's a lot of content out there. And I hate that word right. because it kind of is a flattening. It's a flattening of everything. TV is content. YouTube is content. TikTok There's is content. There's a lot content. of art. How about we call it art? There are a lot of art forms, but there are some premises, for instance, that I think are better, like, this would make a good TV show, but not a good stand-up bit. This would make a good TikTok bit, but not... Some things are long form, and they need some time. So I, I think TV writers aren't getting the, the respect that they deserve these days. Because, uh, yeah, I think it's the flattening of 
well, we could just get kids off of TikTok. No, you can't. Uh, and and I don't even think that TV writers could do what TikTokers do. I think theirs is like an art form to itself that has its own nuances. Um, it's that plus I think the Supreme Court and the 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 like getting rid of, you know, antitrust for the entertainment industry has had a little bit to do with that. Um, and it's just it's it's a it's a sad time. It's a dark time. As a fan, it's just been so infuriating to watch. I can't imagine actually having worked on the show and mm-hmm. then HBO Max to save a, some money on their taxes. Decides to never your release it. Hours and hours of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> they should start calling it art. They're like, they deleted 500 hours of art this week. Of course, then you do that. Then people are like, really? This, this is art? <laughs> it is art because you're making people across ages race, genders, feel something. You're elucidating an emotion out of it. What is art? It could be happiness, sadness, anger. The fact that people spent all of Sunday night yelling at the TV because they were looking at like dragons, it takes someone who is artful to do that and to get you to feel something for white people who never existed. And that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. You're rooting for the girl and her uncle who are in an incestuous relationship. That takes a writer. That takes someone with class and gravitas. Shakespeare, hello. You can't do it. Hot D, baby. (laughs) So it's just, I'm just saying. I didn't watch last night's episode, so no spoilers. Um, I mean, you're rooting for a girl. And her uncle, who are in an incestuous relationship. I think we should work on one of these radio teleplays, podcasts. Oh, I'm in. Audiobooks. Uh, I can do a world of the uh, War of the Worlds too. Bill, can you help get us in on the ground floor with Audible? You just told me not to help help my competition at Audible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works. How competitive hey, it I is. I got I got podcast ideas. There are even some things I think would work best for like. Long form podcasts, narrative podcasts. Um, Bronzeville is an amazing one. And not to promo other people, but like Bronzeville. They want us to go through the entire Bible and give our thoughts. That would, that would be, be fun. Super exciting. I've got some thoughts, um, liberationist theology ones, but like I've got thoughts. All right, yeah. all right. We've gotten way off track. It's 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 really a shitty situation. It's interesting to see how you're navigating it, Bill. Look look at you. You made a you have a smash hit. It's interesting how these changes that we can't control, right, to your industry, and what does it do? It's leading to something really cool for you. Well, I, I mean, I'm still working in TV re- fairly regularly. However, the fact that they did that to Close Enough really sucks, and not just so much for me as it does to JG and, and the rest of the staff who had been there far longer than I had, putting a lot of work into that show, and then they just pulled the plug it's on, as it's part of their, their whole it's thing. monstrous. And I continue to do TV stuff. However, it's, I'll tell you what's not that fun. It's not that fun to work on TV shows for a year and then nobody's ever heard of them. That's the problem with having this thing. Yeah, there's no promotion done of any of these shows. They don't. They don't promote them at they all. They don't. Because they don't promo them. At least in the old, I'd say 20 years ago, people would have heard of your show, most likely. <laughs> they would have heard of it. Yeah, that's how you found out about right. shows on Fox back in the day. You know, they would they would have promos after The Simpsons. Watch this. And then blah, 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 blah. Right. And that's how, like, how the hell do they think think people are going to find the shows that you just show up and just discover it through the portal? They're shitty CMS that barely works. And God, I wanted uh, one more point. I think there is a certain disrespect that we saw 
uh, during the most recent HBO, like, what is it? The State of the Union, whatever, <laughs> that they had. Um, there's a certain disrespect of of fandoms and audiences, right? Because <sighs> especially for nerdy stuff like sci-fi and all of this, you need a fandom that's like clued in, making wiki pages on Reddit, like discussing fan theories and everything. And then to say that like, oh yeah, women don't, women aren't nerdy. They like reality Yeah, these assumptions TV. that are made. Boys like dragons and swords. So we're going to market to the men because the women don't like that stuff. They want to watch 90 Day Fiance. I think it just... That was it, crazy, it, yeah. That was ridiculous. And it, it speaks to like a large misunderstanding of who kind of this, this audiences are and like who would gravitate towards the stuff so they, they don't market properly to them. We're going to figure it out. You'll see. Animation will will survive. Let's talk about some of your your fun times back on The Simpsons. What do you think? But let's not forget before this thing uh, to talk about the Steam Ham Society stuff too. I want to get into. I oh, definitely yeah. want to get to that. Yeah, screw The Simpsons. I talked about the whole thing with Josh. Basically, Josh and Bill are like they were. They were one on that. It was a lot of hard work, but it paid off. And we did a lot of episodes that didn't get very good ratings at the time, but have somehow stood the test of time. I just want to say thank you. Because as I told Josh, these were like my favorite years of The Simpsons. Thank you. Wow. Uh, that They did. Oh, by far. Well, we were writing it for Simpsons fans. Like at that time, like we were huge Simpsons fans before we got hired there. So we wanted to write them. We were with shows that we as Simpsons nerds wanted to see. And I think those exactly. have stood the test of time because as people have grown up watching The Simpsons their entire lives, the episodes that we did were kind of more, you know, they were less designed to attract a large audience and more for the fans. They were so original. I mean, Homer's Enemy, where he, Frank Grimes, grimy, right? Yeah. I, it just exposes this. It's just, they're so meta because there's this situation where how the hell is Homer a friggin' nuclear physicist and has this amazing life? Right, right. That's not. <laughs> well, there have been a lot of articles that's related to this, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen this, these articles, you've seen everything being God, but a lot of things about how nobody today could afford to live like Homer Simpson does. Like, like the Homer Simpson has, <laughs> you have a mansion, has a, 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 you're any, you're any lobster. <laughs> even then at the time it was, it was a little bit of a stretch, but like if the show is essentially taking place in the fifties like or sixties, the fifties, exactly. Where, yeah. It's where like a guy with a, a blue collar guy with a blue collar job could afford a house <laughs> and, and three kids. And today that's not even close to possible, but, um, people, yeah. And so people don't even quite understand that that's like, that, that it's not the joke. That was, that was a normal TV setting for, for, for fam, for TV shows in this fifties and sixties was, you know, a blue collar guy with a house and, and kitten three kids. And now that's like, who's, who could possibly afford that? Yeah, exactly. Other episodes that I loved was the Homer, they fall. I didn't talk about this with Josh, but that is always one where if it comes on, I just laugh my ass off. I really like that one too. It never, nobody ever mentions it, but like the whole boxing thing is so funny. And like also the fact that we had Michael Buffer do all those, uh, all those announcements just like it cracked me up so much. It's so funny. <laughs> By popular request, we will forego yes, the I national I say that, that makes me laugh. Out, <laughs> when I think about that, it makes me laugh out loud. And I, and, and sometimes I get obsessed with it and think about it like all week. 
Yes, because that'll never happen. It should. But hearing it him should, say it, it's doesn't. so believable. That's because his voice is the voice of, of championship <laughs> boxing and voice. him seeing him say it, having him say it is so funny. For me, it's the episodes with Lisa, like the Lisa centric ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lisa gets her saxophone. Um, I think because of Lisa was when I had probably age inappropriate obsession with um, Jazz Man and um, the Tapestry album. Oh, wow. Um, because I, yeah, I shouldn't have been eight, like, you know, singing where you leave. Because you were identifying with Lisa. I sure was. Just like I identify with Homer Simpson. I am a true dummy, everybody. Carol King. Love Carol King because of Lisa Simpson. And you guys put kids on to like really good, um, like music. So that was, that was helpful. That was good. Uh-huh. The Bleeding Gums Murphy episode. Come on, man. Jesus, who do you identify with on The Simpsons? If you're Homer, I'm definitely Bart. Well, don't make your choice based off of who I am. Well, it's the relationship is what I'm thinking about. Form your own personality outside of me, Jesus. Jesus. I'm not as a diehard of a, a Simpsons viewers. I don't know if I can have an educated. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Not because I didn't like it. Just More of a I family didn't. guy savior. I was in the family guy for a time. Yeah. Who do you think I am? Bart is too much of a prankster for you to be Bart. He's giving a little Smithers. Okay, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I mean... Remember, there was an episode where, like, Smithers got his groove back. You remember that? I mean, I am nerdy, so I'll. uh, Is that why you're calling me Smithers? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, definitely. I was gonna go with Flanders, but you're not like enough. Ooh, Flanders is a good one. Yes, it's between (laughs) Flanders and Smithers. He is so Flanders. Come on, he totally is. Like Oakley, 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 Oakley. That's it. You're Flanders. Oakley, Oakley. How about you, Bill? <laughs> yeah. Which is there a character that you? Yeah, Superintendent Chalmers. That's why I wrote that thing. Right. I always feel like ah. Superintendent Chalmers because everyone else is crazy, and and behaving in a crazy fashion, and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> that's like, you know, <laughs> that's the interstate department. Yeah. Bill. Right. <laughs> I mean, that also carries over from Green Acres, which I don't. You guess none of you probably ever saw Green Acres, but that was the show that many of us loved as a kid. In fact, one time we did a poll in the Simpsons writers' room. And I think like 10 out of the 12 people, that was their favorite show as a kid. Some of us had to hang out with grandparents. So, yeah, we did watch. Well, there you go. You've got, it's the place to be. <laughs> that show was a funny show, a serious, uptight, square guy surrounded by lunatics. That always like that. That's a funny dynamic. Is that how you feel right now? <laughs> I'm not going to respond to that. <laughs> so let's talk about the Steamed Ham Society. What is that, Bill? The Steamed Ham Society is a cl- online club. It's a club organization for people who are interested in food, food types, food. I wouldn't say foodies. I don't like that term, but, you know, food enthusiasts. Okay. And because I am a food enthusiast, and in fact, as you said, about half of my job these days is doing food related stuff. And I p- appear on various food TV shows and write food things. It's a great industry to break it's a, into. It's really fun. I would say it's 20 times funner than the TV writing business. Um, and so I do, people who don't know this, I do funny videos on Instagram that are about food. But I also, that's expanded into doing writing about food or appearing on TV shows about food. And the Steamed Ham Society is a club for people who like-minded people. And it's not for people who go to fancy restaurants. It's for people who are like, hey, there's a new flavor of Cheetos out. 
I can't wait to try it <laughs> and tell everybody about it. And <laughs> yeah, it's all like junk food and fast food. Yeah, and, and not necessarily. I mean, it's, sometimes it's not so much junk food as like here's a f- fancy mustard you never heard of. <laughs> it's not. It's not all junk food, but it's not necessarily high end food either. Um, and so if you join the Steamed Ham Society, go to steamedhamsociety.com. There's a number of different levels that you can join at. We have a Discord, which is extremely active. We have live streams. We have a newsletter, which I write and edit every month about the latest snack foods and fast foods you got to try. We also have, there's also a special level for Simpsons fans where we have, it's not just the food part, but you also get to have a live stream. We have live streams with Simpsons writers and directors and things like that. And a special chat channel, which is all just about Simpsons stuff. And then there's actually also an extremely expensive level for people who want me to read their specs, their material and give them thoughts on it, (laughs) which is a thing that people always used to get me to do for free, but now (laughs) they have to pay for it. Oh, smart. How much is that one? That costs a thousand dollars a month. Nice. And it is, you don't have to join for more than a month, but you'll get, you know, some mentorship and I will guide you in your writing or, you know, whatever, I'll give you notes in your script. I'll tell you about how to think. I think it's it's very valuable. I would have, I would have appreciated that. And I probably would have done it for a month or so during that state department time. Yeah. (laughs) That's part of the, those are kind of not the food related levels, but anyway, if you, if you are the kind of person who is like, Hey, there's a new Whopper at Burger King, there's a new whatever. And when I talk about it or want to hear other people or whatever, there's a lot of fun stuff to be done. It's a huge part of American culture. That's what like seeing your videos has clued me into or just reminded me of is the fast food industry is gigantic and they're always putting out these new things and there's people that that love that personally i try to avoid eating at mcdonald's or any of those things i saw a report once that they put like cardboard in the food <laughs> And I was, and then I watched that. I watched that documentary, like Food Inc. or a bunch of ones that came out. Supersize me. I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to eat any of that stuff anymore. I'm scared. Nobody I should eat other horrible fast food things. for every meal. So you should not. I make up for <laughs> right. it. Is it? I think you should. You know, fast food once or twice a week is totally fine and completely in keeping with a healthy lifestyle. But fast food every day or whatever is not. That's not. That's not the way it's meant to be eaten. You should have it as a treat. You know, just like you shouldn't have ice cream three times a day or, you know, that's the type of thing. It's, it's common sense. So yeah, we have, we have that, that stuff comes up and it's true that you're right about that. So it's not just, believe me, that's something that's discussed in, in our, in our discord and things like that is this type of thing. And fast food has a lot of problems, Everything, right. but um, there's also a lot of, you know, there's a lot of enthusiasm and joy to be found in the new flavor of, of Cheetos. The Cheetos Bolitas, for instance, which just came out are amazing. <laughs> they should be paying you. These corporations, yeah, they really should be paying me. You're going to get to, when you get to the level, when you get just a little bit, just a little bit more that you're going to make so much money. You're going to be like, I'm so glad I'm done with TV writing. I'm so excited about that <laughs> that day, which hopefully is not more than a few years away. Also, by the way, we have merchandise. I don't know you guys, no people, people listening cannot see this, but we have tons of merchandise. Oh, that's such a cool nice. logo. The Steamed Ham Society. Bill, what is your favorite fast food restaurant? Good question. I was just thinking that. Unfortunately, there's a nuanced answer to this. If I could only eat at one place forever, it would be Wendy's. Because they have a, a wide variety of things that I like. Right. However, Wendy's is the one that I I still I can go to Wendy's, and I like Arby's too in that same vein. However, they don't have my favorite anything at Wendy's. Like they don't have like if I had to get, if I had to get go out and get a burger, it would be from Five Guys. If I had one burger to get, it'd be from Five Guys. But if I had to have a burger that I wanted to eat 
that I could eat every single day, it would be just plain old McDonald's cheeseburgers. So like there's anyway, it's, but like I'd say for being an all around place, it would be Wendy's. Wow. Interesting. Okay. No, yeah. I, I'm a big Shake Shack fan because I, I like it when they put the peppers in the burger. I, I like Shake Shack too. I don't, <laughs> um, unfortunately they're very, we only have one here in Oregon where I live. And also they're, they're very inconsistent. Like I've had some really bad Shake Shacks. You've got one and it's a bad one. Well, no, actually it's pretty good, but it's far away. Uh, the ones in LA that I have been to were crummy. Um, the ones in DC were crummy. The one in New York and Las Vegas were great. So like it's, they're very inconsistent. Right. You know who is consistent in and out my favorite burger place. You will always get the same experience at in and out and they'll put peppers on the burger. Jesus loves the old in and out. I have so much to say about this. I can't really reveal it, Uh but just to say I've been working for months on an expose on in and out (gasps) burgers. A huge thing. (laughs) Let me see. Well, you know what? Okay. Let's just say this is a podcast and it's not like some, it's a podcast with like a serious podcast company that uh, me and, and and I can't say any more than that, but just say the deepest deep dive into in and out you've ever seen. And I know so much about it now. Oh boy. (laughs) And I really like, I have, this is what I'll say. I have a newfound a respect for In-N-Out because I never, or, until we started doing this, I never ordered anything from the secret menu. Um, and that's where the gold, that's where the gold is. Yes. That Like, what do you get? Well, I like a double-double, no tomato. I don't like tomatoes on my burgers. Don't at me about it, please. Um, animal style fries. That's probably the most popular hidden menu item, but you can actually animal get your burger. Yeah, you can actually get your burger uh, animal style as well. And they'll throw a pickle on there and some other that's stuff. That's the thing that rocketed it into the top five for me. Uh, oh, was, was okay. getting an animal style double double, and there's an additional modifications to that that I have learned about. I'm feeling the joy on this subject. <laughs> I think I should join the Patreon and the Discord. Please. Mary, do do you have any uh, favorite fast foods? I really do like Red Lobster. I don't know if that's fast. That's like fast casual, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the 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 biscuits are quite great. Yeah, Cheddar Bay biscuits. Exactly. Um, let me see. But fast food, like pure. I remember the first time I ever had Taco Bell. That was a, an experience. Yeah. I was very drunk. <laughs> As Which you I think are. you need to, en- yeah. to enhance the experience. Yes. yes. You know? Cheesy gordita crunch. Mm, that's my favorite at Taco Bell. I had a Baja blast. I don't know what I put in my body, but. <laughs> you had a blast? That's like a soda, right? Mm-hmm. I felt my mutant powers kicking in halfway. <laughs> it's just too much sugar, but it was good. It was I fast. felt my mutant powers kicking in. Fast food, a great unifier. Wow. Yeah, I popped down from heaven to earth a couple of times. You know, we just eat right up here. So sometimes you need something. Just yeah, sometimes you get out. tired of salad in heaven. Like there's a sweet green on every corner. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's not. Thanks a lot, Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> so what's your least favorite fast food place, Bill? Burger King. It's wow. Burger King. There's look, Burger King has the the Whop, regular Whopper with cheese, still very good. But that's virtually the only good thing on the menu at Burger King. And I'm Burger King is aware of this, you know, which is why they keep trying all this desperate stuff. And the quality is so low when you go in. Yeah. And it's expensive as hell. You know, the Whopper with the whatever the ghost pepper Whopper whatever, 879 is for that's that's a lot of money for a fast food burger, 879. For a substandard burger. Yeah. Um, so no, and everybody knows everybody who spends a lot of time in this universe, like I do knows that Burger King is the basement. Um, and I wish that were not the case wow. because they, they, I do like the Whopper. 
And I wish there was more reason to go there because for me, it's convenient. And I do. And I like their, you know, they had that sandwich called the chicken, which was a chicken sandwich, which was magnificent. Oh, yeah. It was magnificent. Yes, it was. And they got rid of it, you know, because it wasn't selling well enough and it was just a pain for them to make. And it's just it's so them to get rid of the best thing on the menu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, the Burger King burger, it does have that unique taste because it is char-grilled. Right. Do you have a YouTube channel also, Bill, where you... Yeah, but I don't update it regularly. I just basically put the videos that... Instagram is where to find me, that Bill Oakley. That's where I do all my stuff. And then if I put it... Sometimes I'll put it on TikTok, uh, the same videos, or I will post them on YouTube, um, like, you know, to archive them or for people who don't have Instagram. Or I'll put them on my Twitter, but in general, the the content is flowing from the Instagram, and it's just kind of stored. Do patrons get bonus videos? Yes, you get extra. I make videos that is they're just for the members of the Steamed Ham Society. I mean, like, is that working to grow your Patreon? Yeah, but you know, there's there's different. Everybody joins for a different reason. Like some people are joined for the Simpsons stuff. Some people join because they want to talk about cooking and recipes and which we do that too. Right. I mean, I'm going to join so I can get feedback on my spec script for good Lord. Exactly. Absolutely. If you're willing to pay that high price, I'll be more than happy to read your spec script. Um, so I don't have a spec script. I just have a pitch that same, that works as well. I don't have the money to spend on that either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Brad. Um, that that's unfortunate, <laughs> but you know, no, we're, I'm, I know tight situation I'm, I'm really bad with money. Everybody, <laughs> Donate to our Patreon so I can pay Bill, donate to Bill's Patreon. <laughs> you know that show Hot Ones? Are you going to be on Hot Ones? I would love to be on Hot Ones, but believe it or not, I'm actually working with them on something else, which is also, <laughs> which it may never come to pass because as you know, with, I was going like to say this, you're in the arena. You, you should be working with them. I'm working with them on kind of a little bit on something right now. And I would love to be a guest mm-hmm. on the show. That's a huge show. You know, it's yeah. a huge YouTube show when even I have heard of it. Yeah. Because I, something happened recently with someone called the try guys. I had no, no Me idea neither. what that was. I Jesus. couldn't believe that was national news. <laughs> I'm so old. And nobody, but it's like, it's hard to believe how famous those guys were. They're huge. But this is my point earlier. There's a whole, the younger generations, they love the YouTubers. They're obsessed with the YouTubers. And that's why it was such big news. It was very shocking. And those guys make a fortune too. You know, they make a lot of money. If you can figure out how to make it on YouTube, holy shit, you can make so much money. Yeah. Anyway, you should have a show where you eat Burger King. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Bill tries to love Burger King. Well, I, that was my most recent video was a review for the members of the New Hampshire Society of, of the Ghost Pepper Whopper, which, spoiler, was a disappointment. Yeah. Ghost Pepper. It sounds like a government operation. It's a Halloween. Obviously, it's a Halloween theme. <laughs> oh, that's burger. what it is. Oh, okay, right. it's Halloween. Um, but it was, a, as, as expected, a disappointment. Is there anything you'd wish, you wished I'd ask you that I didn't? I think you covered it. We covered all the, your, 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 your good stuff. Space Night, 1969, uh, new season coming, hopefully. If you like and comment, join the Steamed Ham Society. I have one question and one question only. Are the hams seasoned? (laughs) (laughs) Because steaming them, I don't know. But if they're seasoned, maybe, possibly. Of course they have to be seasoned. But I should say that steamed hams is a euphemism for hamburgers. And that's Uh... that's that's the genesis of this whole thing. Mary, do you know the no. Simpsons scene that we're no, no, yeah. no not that. I'll show you afterwards. Mm-mm. Please do. Steamed hams. 
In the kitchen, Aurora Borealis. Okay, anyway. For a good chunk of time, I thought you were saying Steve Ham, and I just was nodding along, <laughs> like, oh, there's some stuff white people get. That's fine. Steve Ham. Uh, we're all, we all love Steve Ham. Steve Ham, John Ham's uh, clandestine <laughs> brother. Uh, Made a fortune on steamed hams. <laughs> Steve Ham. Love Steve Ham, everybody. Seasoned or unseasoned? Yep. Okay, and where's the best place for our listeners to follow your work again? That Bill Oakley on Instagram. Instagram. It's popping off. All right, let's move on, Bill. We uh, we got a little time left. The Hobby Lobby owner announced he's giving away his company for God. Aw. Not giving it to you, giving it away for you. This is the headline. It says, Hobby Lobby owner announces he's giving away the company, comma, for God. And I just want to say that I was not notified of anything, and I have not gotten a penny from this rich billionaire guy, and I don't understand what the hell he's talking about. He said, I wasn't supposed to take the profits and use them for myself. I also had the responsibility to the employees that God had put in my charge. He said he thinks God is the reason for his success in business and that he should honor God as a consequence by being the steward of the company and not focusing on his personal profit. This all sounds like bullshit. Where's my cut? You don't want to cut a Hobby Lobby. They're a bad company. Yes, I do. I'll use it for good. They don't like gay people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Turn it around. Turn it around on them. Allow gay marriages to happen inside Hobby Lobby. We have limited time. I wanted to just say, that's bullshit. I haven't gotten anything. What else happened this week? There was a prayer at a pro-Trump rally. In prayers, they're blasting rhino trash and the deep state in their prayers now. And I, as a consequence, smote everyone there with explosive diarrhea. That's a good one. Good work. Thank you. Thank you. People didn't know. They didn't talk about it. There's no news articles. Maybe you didn't know, but I'm behind the scenes. It was smelling real bad in that room. (laughs) They got what they deserved. The God Pod will be right back after these messages. So it's a question from a patron. Exenia says, uh, what is that name? Exeria? God, what is your favorite prank you did in the Bible? Okay, obviously it's that time that I pranked, um, Abraham into almost killing his son. That was a good one. That was funny. That one, everyone remembers. (laughs) Everyone always asks me about that one. For me, it was like making Moses go up the mountain to just carry heavy rocks down. (laughs) And you could have just told him. I could have just brought the rocks down to the bottom of the mountain. whispered in his ear (laughs) and said, hey, man. Thou shalt not kill still. <laughs> I could have just showed up behind him in a bush. But you were like, nah, bro, get your gains up. <laughs> Which is cool because Moses needed to. You know what I mean? And like, while, because while he was gone, yeah. what Aaron, happened? They, Aaron, the Aaron people created that, that, that golden calf. They fell in love with a golden calf. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. But it was just crazy. You could have really just said, hey, man, just going to put these right here. But you were like, nah, come pick them up. One trip only. You know what I mean? That's so cute. Adorbs. Wow. Good call, Mary. That was a good one. I might have to change my answer to that. <laughs> <sighs> what else? What else? Jesus, tidy, forking Christ. Let's move on. Oh, uh, so I guess I uh, hate talking about it, but this Kanye West guy has sure been putting himself in the news a lot and making a lot of trouble and exposing himself as a having Nazi sympathies. Is that right? 
Yeah, and we, I guess, spoke about he was banned from a couple social media channels, and disturbingly, over the weekend, there was this banner hanging over a L.A. freeway that said Kanye was right about the Jews, and it's wow. a reminder that people actually do believe what he says, takes it seriously, and uh, there's people just like him out there. This, these are very real people. Mm-hmm. This isn't just Kanye making shit up. He means this, and so do other people. And I saw a finished Kanye West stock has been shelved by the distributor, so that's good. And the Hollywood agency, CAA, cut ties with Kanye. And Adidas, following lots of public pressure, finally cut ties with Kanye on Tuesday morning. I see this tide turning. I see folks doing it, and he literally says slavery is a choice like three three years ago, like two, three years ago. Should have cut ties then, but like happy everybody's coming to their senses now. Yeah, maybe this will be it. Yeah, if people make disparaging comments, you should reconsider working with them, like across the board. Um, there shouldn't be like a limit, like a personal, you know, like, well, you know, it wasn't that bad. Like it was this opinion. And now it's driven straight into anti-Semitism and everyone is like, you know, now rushing to catch up when you really could have nipped it in the bud um, a while ago. So I, I, I think we it's, it's a moment for everyone to take a chance and like take a step back, reconsider where they're spending their time, money, energy and effort and see if that they can uh, redirect it to places that are more, much like like that are worthier of said time, energy, effort and money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. On behalf of the God Pod, fuck that guy. Yeah. Hitler was bad. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Hitler was evil. Good job. I don't think it's too woke to say that fascism is bad. So brave. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. No, but the issue is like now, like that's brave. That's ridiculous. We let things get to a you point. You have to push back. You have to. If you're not pushing back, brave. then you're complicit. And oh, my God. Almost. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, I'm tired of hearing this excuse that, oh, he's got mental health problems. Plenty of people have mental health problems. They don't but become full-out Nazis. But it doesn't excuse. Nazis. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. Do you see this thing about him having his own private school and also yes. in towns? He's, he has, he's trademarked this thing where he's, there's going to be towns that are his brand and, like, everyone's all the stores yeah. are going to sell his food and stuff. Yeah, for $15,000 in a signed NDA, students at Kanye West's unaccredited Donda Academy start the day with full school worship before parkour enrichment classes. Yes. So this is a school being run by Dwight Schrute? Yes. <laughs> Basically. Parkour. And, and he's training a bunch of uh, fanatical christian ninjas apparently but that's the thing i don't even know i don't i don't know if that is it i think he's being enabled by many many people right um i think if we follow the money we'll probably see that uh (laughs) that their livelihoods depend on him uh continuing to get some sort of income and some sort of income stream so they're not gonna let him go down because that that means they go down too um no matter who gets hurt and so we got we got people. Why are you sending your children? Do you hate your children? Let's answer that question very quickly. Uh, do you hate your kids? Why are you sending your kids to be taught by a school run by Kanye West? Because he made graduation, Mary. This is ridiculous. It. That's literally why. I'm not joking. Truly, it seems it's it seems ridiculous from from the outside, but like. 
And I know I will sound crazy and conspiracy theoristy. I take Ooh, that conspiracy disclaimer. corner with Mary Max. Yes, I take that disclaimer completely on board. But this is just an extension, albeit a funny and ridiculous part of the extension, but an extension of the fascist project to destroy the public school system in the United States. It is necessary to do that in order for their plan to work. Um, and that's why we had Betsy Devo. She was very honest about her plan. Her plan was to destroy the public school system, public education. They do not want it to be a, a right that children in this country get to have and get to take part in. That's why schools continue to be not safe. That's why school shootings don't get to be nipped in the bud, even though we like they could as a country. Because bringing down the education system is important to the plan of fully rolling out fascism. That's why you're seeing people, certain people running for school board seats. That's why you're seeing Ron DeSantis picking certain presidents for um, universities in Florida so that those presidents like influence the curriculum. But Mary, gas prices. Gas prices. I'll flip it on the Democrats. Terrible job at messaging. Terrible job at getting wins out there. Also, people, we we kind of need to like refocus. But yeah, I, I, I need Joe Biden like with his abs out, maybe walking down Main Street going, yeah, I did that. Or I Dark did Brandon, that. where or, are you? Something. Send out the Dark Brandon signal. Something um, is everything. Again, you know, I don't agree all the time. I don't agree with a lot of his policies, but like. There's there's like some good things were done and those good things should be be screamed louder from the top of rooftops. You know what I mean? Um, but all to say uh, people sending their school, their children to Kanye West school. Um, do you not love those children? And if you don't love them, is it because the children have bad vibes? Because I heard that once. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that once on Twitter. The guy said that people have so much smoke. For deadbeat, deadbeat fathers, but what if the kids have bad vibes? And I would like to say, maybe all of the kids at Kanye West School have bad vibes. Maybe bad they're vibes. the type of kids that stare at you. Maybe they're the type of kids that call you fat when they see you. Maybe they're the type of kids that are picky eaters, but unreasonably so. We don't know what those kids are. He thinks he's Professor X from oh. X-Men, and he's not. And um, I digress from this point. Here. It's all but come yeah. full circle back yeah, to mutant it had powers. To. It had I, to. Yeah, Kanye West has bad vibes. No, we don't like it. Also, uh, January 6th committee subpoenaed uh, Donald Trump. I don't think he's going to do it. He's going to be able to prolong it until January, until the, the, the Democrats are out of office. That's what they That's did. What he's hoping Everybody for, was, for sure. so, this makes me, everyone's, don't worry, Democrats have this in the bag. They're not stupid. They're going to get all this stuff wrapped up before the election. Well, they didn't. And now Donald Trump, even through the most easiest legal procedures, can easily delay whatever they have until until the new Congress. I still have hope that they're not going to lose the election because I am a true dummy. It's possible. <laughs> also, Merrick Gartland could do something with all this information they've been presenting. But yes, Merrick Gartland, the winner, the, the hero we need in these moments and times. Yeah, Jesus, yep. Jesus, you, you, you sound so toned up, Jesus, right you, now. It's I, an Jesus, option. I can't hear you. You're breaking up. It's an option, Merrick. <laughs> it's Robert Mueller is going to save us. <laughs> Jesus, this is why I said you got to stop with all them damn Marvel movies. Where's Richard Nixon when you need him? 
This is why I got to stop with the Marvel movies. <laughs> I didn't say it's probable. You are the hero Richard that Nixon, you need. Liberal, li- Richard Nixon was a liberal superhero. He was. Uh, his parallels were so much liberal. Day. Yes. He's, many of the things he did were so far left that they would be called a radical liberal agenda today. The EPA? I'm going to read Bill's, Bill's tweet from the other day. This candidate fought for taxpayer-funded universal health care, wanted a basic income for everyone, created thousands of job-killing regulations, including an entire agency just to protect the environment, vote to stop his radical liberal agenda. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know, American <laughs> politics, how it's changed over time. Of course, today, if he was around, I'm sure he'd be like, yes, fascism, good. Um, they just say whatever is working at the time. The, apparently, Nixon's thing in this was that he, having been a com- anti, virulent anti, anti-communist in the 50s, he realized that we needed a bit of socialism in America to keep people from going into communism. So he was like, he did want to have a universal basic income. He wanted free health care and stuff like that because he was like, well, that's how we're going to keep, we're going to beat the Russians. People aren't going to be so interested in communism. And compared to the funny thing is Nixon compared to, you know, a random Tuesday for Trump. It's like, he's like Jimmy Carter having to sell his peanut farm. Like, yes. yes. <laughs> what he did was so minor yep. compared yep. to like five minutes in the Trump administration. Anyway, Nancy Pelosi said Trump is not man enough to testify in January 6th probe, which, well played, Nancy. That'll get him to do it. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Nancy. That's great. He's going to wait until you're out of office and then he's going to get reelected and he's going to do whatever he wants. <laughs> That's going to happen. Because as as you said, Mary, uh, part of their plan has been to make the populace a lot stupider, and it's really worked well for the past <laughs> thirty years. No, twenty year plan. I don't want to believe that, Bill. He's not going to get reelected. It's a twenty year plan. The Republicans might take control. Of, you know, right? Well, it could House be Ron DeSantis. Senate, but... I think that's part of the thing. It, it yeah. could uh, there could be a Republican in the Trump mold who is not so off putting. <laughs> You know, and and this is the thing, mm-hmm. God. It's just God, not Americans the U.S. Lie. of America. It's not just the U.S. Um, Canada is seeing a huge—I wouldn't even call probably a resurgence—but they had the most growth in in membership in like white supremacist uh, groups um, as a country. So it's like it's a it's a message, unfortunately. That is spreading and is 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 growing worldwide because they operate um, like a cult. Okay, they they form on Discord servers, they deploy to YouTube, they deploy, they operate like an army, uh, a propaganda army, where whereas liberals act like a bunch of cats. And then when they see something they like, they don't even like and comment on it on Instagram, everybody. This is why we're losing the propaganda war. You're not liking my posts enough. I think, no, I really do think folks could do a, a better job of communicating. Even now, I'm most concerned with my follower count, everybody. <laughs> Let's move on. Trump is not man enough to testify. We know that. I still have hope, you know, until the election is done, that women are going to show up and they're going to vote everywhere. And when you think it's over, Sometimes it's not over. I hope that I don't sound like an optimistic fool in a month's time. But Jesus, you're wearing off on me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's an incredibly important issue. And I hope people turn out and, and we Sometimes just need to turn you out. you think it's not going to, you know, you think the day is lost and then Boba Fett shows up on a rancor. I don't know. Early voting has already started. Go out and vote, yep. y'all. Many of you probably already can. Early voting has started. Fuck Let's the pessimism. Go. 
you're seeing folks in uh, Arizona posting videos of of like oath keepers, like standing in front of the um, ballot boxes with with arms. It, they're only doing this because they're scared because they know. Um, keep doing it. If you don't think you're the hero that you need, you are. I would love to see a lot more like minded folks running for things like school board seats or um, uh, rent stabilization boards or rent guidelines boards in cities across the country. I would love to see more like minded people on their library boards so that they get a say in the types of books that are in libraries and stop the book bannings that we're seeing across the South. Um, yeah, you're the hero that you need, guys. Let's get out there. You can do it. I believe in you. We're optimists, over here, aren't we? Yeah. Amen. But, yeah. Yeah, I, that's good. Thank you. Let's move on to blessings and smites. This is uh, the part of the show, Bill, where we discuss the things that we loved. We smite the things that we hated. And uh, if there's things that we want more of, we can do second comings of those. But I will go first. I would like to bless you, Bill, for joining us today. And thank you for uh, all the laughter and joy you have brought through the your various projects. Well, thank you very much. I'm 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 honored and flattered. Super Nintendo Oakley. And I would like to smite Kanye for sure. And everybody's supporting him. I got I got to smite that. That's just How dare you? What the hell is wrong with you idiots? He's wrong about literally everything. Okay, big shout out to Bill for coming. Thank you very much. Uh super fun. I would like to echo God's sentiments by saying uh, thank you for all the joy, wonder, and laughter that you have brought into people's lives. It's amazing. I would like to smite, as always, Ron DeSantos and uh, Rick Santorum, who I often get confused because they're both evil. I would like to smite, uh, who is it now? There are just so many people. So many. I think DeSantis for today. I'm waiting for the scandal that happens. Um, if anybody's got you know i'm not even going to tell you what to do i'm just waiting for the scandal that happens um we need one <laughs> i mean he's got you a know? couple already isn't he being investigated by the yeah the, well the then we need to wake that up you know because it's something Un I'll, unfortunately though i think the only thing that like shakes republican voters is like if you're caught with a dude in a compromising position then they mm -hmm. like perk up but for everything mm -hmm. else stealing money that's fine Right, Stealing like money from Cawthorn. the poor, even You don't better. hear much about Madison Cawthorn anymore. No, right. Exactly. You don't hear about him anymore. Um, so even the remember he said that. Thing. Remember he said everybody in D.C. and the Republicans is having sex parties? Yes, and they got rid of him <laughs> fast. They sure did. <laughs> People don't forget. They don't. But yes, uh, that and um, just a quick nudge to the Democrats to work on the messaging and figure out who they need to. Because... The diversity that that's on this side is actually a strength, dude. It, it, you just need to show people how it is. It's really a strength. The fact that you have this can like multiple ideas all coming together, multiple people with different backgrounds and experiences all coming to bet together to like help make life better. The diversity is a strength. Just focus on that. I think AOC needs to start wearing an eye patch. Maybe. <laughs> I like that idea. <laughs> that's the leader we need. I'm going to slide that by her. Okay. You should do that and go blonde. I want to back all the Bill Blessing that's going on today. And I want to bless all of your pranks, God, including I was just reading the Bible, refreshing myself. There was that time you didn't want sacrifices from people with damaged balls. Do you remember that? Leviticus. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you have damaged testicles, you can't get into heaven, right? 
pretty funny. Um, and also, I want to smite Kanye. And I want to bless a tweet from Pink in 2009 in which she tweeted, Kanye West is the biggest piece of shit on earth, quote me. Hashtag Pink New. <laughs> Pink New. <laughs> right, right. Quote her. Bill, would you like to do a blessing and a smite? Yeah, sure. Uh, I would like to smite all the little people behind the scenes who make everything extra crappy. Uh, These would be the people who write and produce Tucker Carlson, who work in the offices of Marjorie Taylor Greene and Louis Gohmert, who write and produce Republican uh, political ads. I think there's a lot of people, you know, everybody hates Ron DeSantis and Tucker Carlson, but they don't do it by themselves. (laughs) They have lots of behind the scenes people helping them every day that we always forget to smite. People that should know better. Yes, exactly. People that, you know, were testifying in January 6th. are like, oh, this seems like a reasonable person. But at the time, what were they doing? Correct. And every day, right. thousands and thousands of those people go unnoticed <laughs> with their treasure, minor treacheries. So let's not forget about them. Now, in terms of a more positive note, I would like to bless Lamar Jackson, the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens football team, <laughs> for bringing enthusiasm back to the Baltimore Ravens, even though so many times we have lost with a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter this season. Oh, yeah. Um, however, we yesterday. did beat Cleveland. No, we didn't lose yesterday. It was a remarkable uh, non-collapse. And even so, Lamar did a great job and also the special teams unit as well, which helped us win. So thank you. Oh, congratulations, Bill. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, this is the time of the year where your mood is determined for four months by (laughs) football team, right? Yeah. True. I know. I know. It's, It's rough. It's a rough time. It's a rough time. How about baseball? Do you have a baseball team? I, it would be Baltimore. It'd be the Orioles, but they never seem to make it into the. So any, any of the uh, yeah. Well, who's your World Series pick? Astros or Phillies? Phillies, because they they never win, or they didn't win, right? They they were the underdog, right? Yeah, it's been a while since they won. Last time was like two thousand eight, like the seventies, right? No, no, it was like two thousand eight. They won the World Series. Oh, oh, never mind. Then <laughs> I guess it would still be the <laughs> Phillies, though. I don't like the Astros. This has been our sports ball talk. Yeah, bro. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, humans. Follow the God Pod wherever you get your podcasts. The God Pod. Have it Yahweh. Oh, I, did, I forgot to ask you, Bill. What do you think of that catchphrase? We're stealing it from Burger King. I actually like it a lot. Yes. That's the best part of Burger King to Bill. <laughs> that means a lot. Bill has won Emmys, y'all. All right. So you want to know how to get into heaven, huh? Well, I'm God and I got you covered. Step one, don't be an evil prick. Be good, me damn it. Step two. You gotta tip people, bro. Those people work hard, damn it. Step three, you can't ever make fun of God. That's called a blasphemy. And it's not cool, damn it. Step four, you gotta kiss my ass every day of your life. (laughs) Even if I never do anything to help you back. That's called faith. Cause, um, I'm testing you. And watching you. And judging you. Always. Damn it. Step five. And this is the most important one. You gotta follow me on all my socials. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Follow the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. And you gotta like and comment on all my posts too, or I'll disappear. God is all about the numbers, me dammit. Follow these rules and you'll get into heaven. Promise. The Lord has spoken. (laughs) 